Hello, hello, insiders, and welcome back to another episode of the Insider Series. And if you're new here, welcome. Glad to have you as an insider. My name is Jasmine, and I am your regularly scheduled host coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm going to start off this podcast a little bit differently from our previous ones, but I've got a question for our insiders, and I want you to think about it while you listen into this conversation. What is the hardest part of your role at your company? Take a moment to mentally take a note or jot it down so that way you can really remember it. Okay, so I hope you have that written down. In today's episode, I'm excited to bring on experts from Cisco and Intel to talk us through our latest collaboration and how it can help make your job just a little bit easier. So let's move into our introductions. Matt, could you introduce yourself first? Sure. My name is Matt McPherson, and I'm the CTO of Wireless for Cisco Systems. And Matt, can you give us a quick fun fact about yourself? Well, let's see. So I'm a fun guy, so there's lots of fun facts. But, you know, I'll just go maybe uh, earlier in my career. I uh, When I first started at a school, I was working at Fermilab, and I got to work with the team that discovered TOP. And if you don't know what TOP is, um, we were colliding protons in what we called P-bars, so so we were colliding matter and antimatter, and uh, we wanted to know what protons were made of, and they're made of four or six things called quarks that have charm. And we were in a race with CERN to find top, and Fermilab found top first. So subatomic particles. I feel like you just took me back to like chemistry class just there. So very cool to know that about you, Matt. Great to have you here. Um, moving on to our next speaker, he's from Intel. Eric, can you introduce yourself and also give us a fun fact? Sure. Uh, my name is Aaron McLaughlin. I'm the Vice President and General Manager of the Wireless Solutions Group at Intel. Um, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Um, at least that's where I reside today. Um, fun fact. Um, so I'll play off Matt's fun fact. I almost flunked chemistry in college. So <laughs> I didn't, but I almost did. So there's my fun fact. Thanks, Eric. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you here, Matt. Um, but let's get into it. So I'm excited to talk about Cisco's partnership with Intel, including what we've done, our latest collaboration, and what's on the horizon. But before we get into the new developments and all the tasty tea, I'd like to share with our audience some of the joint innovations we've collaborated on. Eric, I'll start with you, and let's start on the Intel side. Can you share some of your insights on the solutions Cisco and Intel have co-developed and how these solutions are helping our customers? Sure. So thank you for that question. That's one of my favorite topics. So the relationship with Intel and Cisco spans many, many years and um, many, many generations of products. Um, I think that, you know, what I like best about what we do is that we solve real world problems uh, for IT managers as well as end users. You know, if you're an end user at a company, what you want to do is get connected, stay connected, get access to your data, get your job done so that you can go home or move on to the next task. If you're an IT manager, you want all those things and you want very few, if any, help desk calls and you really want um, security. So a lot of the work that we've done over the years together has been focused on those areas. How do we make sure that both end users and IT managers get what they need uh, from, from the network and client interactions? So we've done things like CCX, Cisco Client Extensions, 
uh, where we worked together back in the day to make sure that you know the clients and the and the APs and uh, worked extremely well together. You know, in the early days of Wi-Fi, that wasn't necessarily built into the standards. So it needed people like Cisco and Intel to come in and figure out how to take the next steps beyond the standards and protocol level in order to make sure that these devices work well together. Um, and one of the things we also did, kind of a little known fact is um, we did a lot of real world um, testing and validation. Intel owns uh, a lab that's you know probably uh, very unique in the industry. It's an entire uh, enterprise setup um, that's dedicated to testing. So it's an actual enterprise building with classroom settings, um, cube settings. It's it's you know uh, thousands of square feet, and we actually have robotics built in so that you can not only test you know dense network environments and and standstill things like classrooms and how things perform in a in a cube setting, you know with APs located in different places throughout the building, but you can also test motion and and make sure that the clients in the in the network interact uh, well as people move about an enterprise. So those are some of the things we've done over the years. And um, you know the collaboration we have doesn't just span products, right? It spans industry forums, it spans uh, standards, you know, things that we've worked on together to make sure that the entire industry um, can kind of rally around these things that that help make enterprise IT and end users um, happy. Yeah, I think it's a, the collaboration has really been phenomenal. It's and and like Eric says, it's it really has gone back years. And and you know, one of the things that I always think is neat about working at, uh, with a partner um, that's as forward thinking as Intel is it, is it gives us an opportunity to try new technologies. And in fact, when the new technologies come out, oftentimes the specifications uh, they can be big, and engineers can interpret the specifications in slightly different ways. And what that means is that if you don't get the client devices together with the network, uh, maybe we interpreted something a little bit different, and maybe that's not going to produce the best experience. So what we've been able to do with Intel between the labs they have there and the labs that we have over in Cisco is we live it. Um, we actually build these environments and we put our users on these environments. We have a whole building, building 23 in San Jose, where we do the next generation technologies and we get feedback from users. And some of those users are quite high in the executive ranks. So when it doesn't work, um, we hear about it pretty quick. <laughs> so that's the goal. And, and when we can find those things together, um, every time um, we can eliminate a potential problem in some new specification or some new capability, that means there's literally thousands of customers that don't have to go through that troubleshooting. So it's a, it's a good relationship. And we, we put out some of the most solid solutions uh, really on the planet. Yeah, like you said, Matt, there's nothing like a call from the CEO to get a group of people working hard to fix a problem, right? <laughs> hey, Matt, besides our, our CEOs getting <laughs> getting calls into us for things that aren't working right, I wanted to mention one other thing that, that I think is really important that we worked on together, and that's the uh, introduction of uh, 6 gigahertz spectrum into Wi-Fi, um, also commonly known right now as Wi-Fi 6E. So this is really important, right? We've, we, we have 2.4 and 5 gigahertz spectrum today. As we've added 6 gigahertz spectrum, that's the, the most spectrum 
that we've, well, it's the first spectrum we've added in the last decade, and it's more spectrum than we have currently in both 2.4 and 5 gigahertz combined. And it's been added in the USA, Brazil, uh, South Korea, um, parts of Europe, and, and um, some other, uh, we're seeing it in Mexico, Australia, and other parts uh, of the world. So this is super important because this gives us another band that we can utilize when we're doing some of these innovations that, that uh, we're gonna talk about next, right? About how we, how we can add uh, and improve the experience of our users and, and improve the, the networks themselves and how they work and how they function. So one of the areas I think we've done a lot of work together is in the standards bodies and uh, to help go drive things like 6E into into the market and uh, really excited to see how that works as we continue to move forward in these in these networks yeah you know regulatory is always a challenge and you know it's it's one of the ph phenomenal things about is as we see this huge swath of additional spectrum that the fcc has approved and is moving across the planet and into other other uh countries um i mean 1200 megahertz you know I, i'm like speechless you know, it's it's you, you know, if if you've dealt in wireless, you know that um, spectrum is very key to everything that you do. And, um, you know, I think that when just again, I mean, 2.4, how fast did that fill up? And, and and then and then five gigahertz, we said, well, five gigahertz, we'll never fill that up. Um, well, it actually filled up faster than 2.4 as we saw the adoption of this technology and, and now um, six gigahertz and. Um, you know, look, uh, when you have regulatory bodies and regulatory bodies are government bodies, and when they're saying, um, hey, we've seen such good innovation and um, such increased capability in how we do commerce, um, how a country operates, how it educates its populace, um, all of these things, the social economic impact of technologies and in unlicensed like Wi-Fi, uh, and recognizing that value proposition and saying we're going to give you 1,200 more megahertz of spectrum in order to um, grow that into the next generation. Um, that's really saying something. So it's uh, it's phenomenal to see. Um, it's great working with Intel and others uh, to influence the regulators so that we can use the spectrum. I'll just say one other one other quick thought. There's really two things that impact experience when it comes to wireless. The capability of the stack, which we're improving as we go from Wi-Fi 5 to 6 to 6E to 7, so that we can go into these new use cases. And the spectrum that you have available to you for these higher densities uh, and the ability to do some of these more deterministic type use cases. So we need both. And you know what? Both are here. And uh, so we're going to see... Uh, I think some really phenomenal uh, new innovations that happen because of this availability. So uh, great, great progress and uh, great to work with Intel to see this uh, success uh, in the U.S. and uh, going into other countries. You guys are really living on the edge here when it comes to testing. But I feel like if you're not, you know, just putting it out there and going big, then, you know, just kind of go home, I guess. But, you know, now that we've talked about what we've done in the past and kind of highlighting what we've done in our partnership and taking things to the next level of connectivity, I want to talk about what we've done now. What's the latest? So Matt, I'll come to you here. 
What is this new shiny solution that customers can be excited about when it comes to our partnership with Intel? Well, the latest and greatest is something we call Intel Connectivity Analytics or ICA. And uh, we're really excited about this because look, when we look at the industry and, and when we look at putting solutions out there for our customers, we, we really have two kinds of end users. Um, one end user is the person that's holding the device or using the device or using the laptop. That's the end user. And we want to make sure that whatever we do produces better and better experiences so that they can be productive. But the other big user, um, the other target audience that we're really addressing is IT. Uh, you know, these IT departments, they have to manage these networks. Cisco has spent an incredible amount of effort to make sure that we can pull telemetry and analytics from every point in the network. We pull it from the AP, we pull it from the controller, we pull it from the switch mesh, um, we pull it from the SD-WAN so that we know what the cloud experience is. And you know what we did for years? We said, you know what, Cisco offers this end-to-end -end solution when it comes to telemetry. And then we got with Intel and uh, um, what we realized is, you know what, we really weren't end-to-end. Um, we didn't go out to the device. And that's what we're doing with this implementation of analytics on the device. Because, you know, when, when you're working with RF, the RF conditions over by the AP are very different than the RF conditions that are by the device. And what that means is that if we collaborate, if they provide us information and, and we provide them information, then we can apply that to a better network connection. We can get the power levels right. We can hand off AP to AP at the right time. Um, we can know when something disconnects from the network, we can get a reason for that disconnect. And the, you might think that, that well, is, is that a big deal? It really is. In fact, we know um, what version of Intel software is running in that device, what the device is. And if you have something like a PCERT, for example, um, where you have a security breach or somebody uh, has hacked a security protocol, we can immediately go out and we can look at the devices that are connecting to the network and know if those devices are a upgraded version that would address that gap in the specification or in that security and make sure that those, those folks are aware or, or through um, management systems push out a new version uh, of that code and same with on the, the network side. So again, give a great experience to the end user, but also make sure that IT can fully manage these solutions and see what's going on in the network. Number one request that we get from IT managers is they wanna know, are their users getting a good experience? And if they're not, um, how do they troubleshoot it and troubleshoot it simply? And that's what we're doing with uh, the Intel Analytics. I agree, Matt. We're, we're excited as well, this this end, end concept of making sure that we can, you know, identify and see what's happening at the network level and the client level from, from device to cloud is an exceptional opportunity for, for IT departments to, to really hone in on some of the things that uh, typically pop up in a day-to-day -day use of an IT network. Um, so we're, we're excited to work with you guys and implement this capability and, and there's a, a rich set of features that we're going to deliver, right? Um, band steering, for example, um, you know, that, that we'll work on, you know, together to, to be smart about how we're steering the bands as we, as we work in, in this solution and make sure that the AP and the client are, are working well together. Uh, dynamic bandwidth utilization as well. 
that's another area that we're, we're working on to make sure that we're always trying to provide the best possible solution for that client and that and on that network at the uh, you know at the time of, of work so these are just a couple of things that that you know we're working on as far as rich capable features together that they're going to help enhance that that network experience yeah and i think um you know look whenever it comes to telemetry and, and the ability to bring back analytics and, and to bring that back to the it department um cisco even collects that data over time so say somebody um, opens up a ticket, says, you know, I was in the cafeteria at Building X, um, you know, yesterday around 1.30, and I was having a connectivity problem. And, and so we can roll back and we can look at the analytics and we can look at the path. Um, everything that that's crossed from their device through the network equipment and uh, be able to ascertain what was the particular problem um, when that user had that experience. And, I, and I'd have to say, um, we're just scratching the surface. When you start pulling telemetry back, there's so many ways uh, you can apply that data. Um, getting RF characteristics from the device. Um, what that means is that we can be smarter about our radio resource management um, uh, applications. We can be smarter about um, power and power management, even to the point of saving battery life uh, on those end devices. So, so the more telemetry we pull and, and the broader we make this solution, uh, the better that this is going to get. So we're we're building a platform here um, where the devices and the network can communicate in such a way as um, it's a win-win, uh, and it's especially a win-win for the users, and it's a win-win for the IT department. So with ICA, what I'm hearing is that there is a lot of data, and if you roll back in time, as Matt said, you can see what the problem is and kind of see how it can be fixed so you don't maybe deal with that in the future. And getting this data is great. And more data means more insights into what's happening, what devices are experiencing when connecting to a Cisco network. But it also means an easier time for IT teams to make well-informed decisions to ensure that their devices get connected and stay connected. Well, let me dial back into that data term. It's a broad term and there's so much that it can, it can entail. So Eric, um, I'll start with you here. Could you elaborate on what kind of data is coming through Intel Connectivity Analytics and should end users be concerned about the data that's being shared? Sure, thanks Jasmine. So, um, you know, if you look at, at what types of devices are, are being uh, analyzed, right? What data, uh, what devices are sending data to the network and uh, via ICA, we're talking about corporate-owned devices, as well as end-user BYOD-type devices, whether that's a, you know, a laptop or PC or a, you know, cell phone um, or a tablet, right? And and all those types of devices would be, you know, would be working on the network at any given time. So, you know, the the key and important thing to note first and foremost is that the data that we're gathering is about the device or the network, right? It's nothing about the person or the user. The um, it's it's metadata that helps and you know helps us analyze what's happening on the client and in the network that could be causing these issues. So I'll give you some examples. You know what Wi-Fi chipset are you on? Uh, what driver software version are you using? You know what OS version are you on? Um, are you connected to you know a power cable or are you on battery power? And then even what platform are you using? You know what brand, what type, what model, what manufacturer? In addition to that, you can get um, 
the the reasons and um, you know if a switch has happened right as a person's moving you know throughout the office roaming happened what why did that switch occur right was it low RSSI was there a better AP you know what was the reason for the switch maybe there's a coverage hole if you see a very consistent place of failure in the network right there may be a, a consistent place where there's poor RSSI and then obviously there can be rogue devices rogue APs, you know, miss setup uh, that are transmitting wrong info or, or you know, uh, creating, you know, some challenges in the network for other devices. And all of this data can be gathered and used for the IT um, uh, that's managing the Cisco network deployment to administer and manage that network and the devices that are on it. In fact, one of the cool things is the way this works is the network can actually, if it sees this consistent type of behavior, the network can can adjust and and heal, right, and and correct some of those issues without IT intervention. Uh, there may be other types of things that that aren't so easily you know fixed by a network change that um, IT does have to get involved with. But it, when they do, they have so much more information that they can use to actually um, improve the experience that's happening. For example, um, this can be used to keep devices up to date. Um, I know, you know, Matt and I work on, on these things a lot, right? One of the biggest complaints we find is, is when, you know, a device driver is out of spec, right? It's, you know, several, several uh, gens old, uh, whether that's uh, AP firmware or device firmware or something in between. So, those those things can be adjusted and, and fixed, right? IT can identify, you know, those things and make sure that everything's updated. Uh, the right drivers are there. They can um, get insights to other connectivity issues without requiring being right there at the system and debugging, you know, that that specific system sitting at that specific desk. They can do it, you know, by looking at the data and and from their console. So this helps optimize the network, the performance. Reduce uh, reduce cost, right? One of the great things about uh, ICA and the work we're doing here together between Cisco and Intel is to help um, enterprises reduce cost and reduce the number of issues that they're seeing uh, regularly on the network. Yeah, and I think um, I mean you covered a lot of the different things that we're pulling back, and again, I think we're just scratching the surface. But um, even information like what AP you're connected to, uh, you know, a lot of times when you're trying to debug something. Um, you have multiple APs that you could be connected to, but you don't know which one you're connected to. And so just having that type of information uh, is a big help because it can tell you if it's an AP in one room or another. Uh, another type of data that we collect is roaming information. Um, oftentimes what we do is we design networks so that the AP RF signal overlaps. And we do that because people aren't always sitting behind their desk. They're, they're walking around, they're going to a conference room and you wanna be able to maintain connectivity. And so we'll, we'll keep that roaming information. Um, which AP did you roam to? Is everybody roaming to the same AP? Are we properly distributing across the APs um, the traffic load uh, based on where users are so that we can optimize the, the, uh, the overall network capacity um, while providing the best experience? And so all these things, um, roll into both the intelligence in the device and the intelligence in the network. Um, so really the, the user just doesn't have to deal with it so much. Um, you know, I like to say that the best functioning network is the one that the user is completely unaware of. Um, it just works. 
And uh, that's really the experience that we want to provide. Yeah, one one other thing that I think we 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 should add here, Matt, is that um, this is agentless, right? There's there's not a software, um, you know, an extra layer of software that's needed to make this happen. So there's not, you know, we're not adding another layer of complexity here. We're we're utilizing our existing, you know, network uh, infrastructure and firmware as well as our, you know, wireless uh, client solution and, and uh, driver. So. Um, that that helps also from an IT perspective. You're not always expected or needed to to update some, you know, software agent that that can create its own challenges if if uh, if you go on that path. So, one an easy way of implementing this uh, that we've worked on together. Yeah, and I think that that's that's completely strategic. And to the earlier uh, question about privacy, um, this really comes into play, right? Because if you install some agent on the device and the agent is providing information, uh, is that agent taking into account uh, privacy and can you secure it? And what that means is that if the operating system is exposing some of that information, then if the machine is is hacked or something like that, um, then then maybe uh, information that shouldn't be getting out there is is actually tagged with with identity. And so what we want to do is we don't. Um, we don't want to be in those open interfaces or in that realm um, where you can breach into that information. And if, in fact, what's happening with all the modern operating systems today um, is they're what they're doing is they're starting to seal that stuff up. They're they're not letting you get to all that information. Now, this is the beauty in working with Intel because Intel um, secures this um, in their software, but they're the ones writing the drivers that go into the operating systems. This means that you have a big company that's taking into account privacy, that is securing this within the operating system function, not some external agent that, that maybe is breached, right? So now you know that your data is safe, um, yet you can still manage the network and, um, and still provide that best user experience. I want to reiterate a point that you made, Matt. Um, our collaborations are always delivering exceptional user experiences for people or as known as workforces. And I think from this conversation, I've definitely kind of heard that as a common phrase um, as you guys are talking. And I think we're always taking things to the next level um, and we're really helping those businesses deliver those experiences for their workforce. And that's what we're doing now and what we've kind of worked towards doing up until today. So there's a lot of there's a lot of development um, to benefit our joint customers, giving them that best network experience possible. Um, and we're doing a lot of work, not just with the enterprise scale industries, but also industries like manufacturing, industrials, hospitality and education. So what's next for Intel and Cisco? What does the future of this partnership look like? So, of course, that's uh, now you're getting into the super secret sauce, right? You know, all, all these great things that we're, we're working on together. And, you know, we're, you know, although I know this is an audio uh, recording, um, you know, we are looking at each other as we're recording this. So I'm going to start talking about a couple of things. And if, if, um, if, uh, you know, Eric starts jumping off his seat, he'll know I went too far. <laughs> so, but I think there's a couple of things that we're, that we're doing that's already out there. And uh, and really really exciting. Um, we we want to make wireless more deterministic. Um, so we talk about it in a couple different contexts. Um, how do we control latency and jitter characteristics? Um, how do we, um, especially in this new world of IoT and things, 
and and these next generation applications that 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 uh, really need it. And another aspect that we're working on is is uh, what I would um, call ultra ultra reliable um, wireless uh, connectivity. And of course, you know we're seeing some of those features, especially being developed in things like uh, Wi uh, Fi seven, where devices can connect to multiple APs simultaneously, and they can have multiple paths into the network. And if you have a failure, you're already connected in another place, and you can do mobility better, and uh, and things like that. But there's there's some things that that are really innovative that um, we're doing um, with Intel that that we can talk about right now because we've already started forming work groups and the standards to build it for the industry as a whole. Um, one of those is WTSN, or wireless time sensitive networking. And uh, we've been able to do some phenomenal demos and, and demonstrations of, of our, our capability to maintain low latency and jitter characteristics, even when uh, the network has high density. One of the big problems with Wi-Fi in the past is that um, everything just jumped on the network and it's just started communicating. And if you collided with someone else, then you would randomly back off. So we'd, we'd see these collisions and, and if you... And if enough collisions happen, then you have everybody jumping back off and then trying to jump back on. And so in a sense, collisions can cause collisions, right? As, as the queues start backing up in the device. And so as you start to get these high densities with high utilization, which is definitely happening with the advent of IoT, then, um, then we get this, this really non-deterministic result. In fact, for things like voice calls or what we're doing right now, um, where we're doing audio and a, and a WebEx, um, what can happen is that delay can can jump all over the place. It can be as good as a few milliseconds, or it can shoot up over 100 milliseconds. And that's just not a good experience. I mean, that means you're going to get bad loss scores. Um, you're, you're not going to be able to understand people. Um, and so you want to make sure as these densities go up um, that you can maintain that, you can prioritize traffic, and that you can schedule it. And that's what's happened with Wi-Fi 6. So we're doing a lot of work with Intel on how to really apply scheduling in Wi-Fi through OFDMA, um, what, um, what we can do um, through things like TWT or targeted wait time. Um, we're looking at technologies like BSR and extending the BSR um, standard. And what that basically does is let the device tell you if it needs more bandwidth because it's backing up. Um, and we're doing a lot of work around Wi-Fi 7 and what's going into the Wi-Fi 7 specification. And this is because we know the demand is going up. Um, in some keynotes I've done before, um, I've, I've pointed out, but that by 2023, there's going to be more things connecting to the network than people. And really, IoT hasn't even turned the J curve yet. I mean, we're gonna people are going to be vastly outnumbered um, very soon. And one of the things about things is that a robot or a computer or or um, something that it, they just you know, that's doing some sort of process or a manufacturing um, or think healthcare, like a heart monitor where you have mission critical type applications. Um, they, real time to them is different than real time to a person, right? You know, to a certain extent for a human perception, you get to this point where it's fast enough and then you can't tell if the computer's lagging because it's still faster than a person. But when you start working with robots and, and some of these next generation type capabilities that we're building into self-driving cars, I mean, you name it, these things have very tight real-time loops for safety reasons, like I said, in healthcare, for manufacturing reasons, for optimizing processes. Um, their sense of real-time is quite different. 
And so the things that we're working on with Intel is to address that next generation coming to your networks within the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I think you, you hit the points well, Matt. There's just a ton of stuff that we're working on together that, um, you know, not only, um, you know, helps uh, end users, but helps IT, lowers cost, and, you know, makes Cisco networks and Intel PCs just work great and and takes takes away, you know, the worry of, of, of both parties to, you know, make sure that the experience that they're getting and the job that they have to do is, is just, it just works, right? And that's that's where we're headed. And, you know, the, the work that we've done so far has set the groundwork for it. The things that you mentioned, you know, the, the areas that we're working on. And, and, and as you said, right, it's not just in the enterprise, it's in IoT, it's in industrial. Some of the work we've done in industrial to see um, Wi-Fi work in places that nobody ever thought Wi-Fi would would work, right? In in noisy, you know, car manufacturing plants or or you know other places like that where you would think that Wi-Fi wouldn't work so well. It works great if you set it up right and and we make sure that we put you know the right capabilities and features in there. So I'm really excited about what we've done, but I'm even more excited about where we're going and agree with you wholeheartedly that you know, we've just got to surface on what we can do to make the, the, the devices and the on the client side and the network just work seamlessly well for everybody concerned. Yeah, and I think um, what's what's fun with working with Intel is that there's no problem challenging enough. And uh, we're, we're both very aggressive in that way. And I think I can mention this, Eric, because uh, you know we've published it, but you know one of the areas that we're working is with a, a company over in the UK called Metis Aerospace. And uh, they do a lot of metallurgy and they make all these specialized parts for airplanes. I mean, the parts that hold wings on and landing gear and all these things that that require um, certain uh, capabilities and, and, and uh, very tight specifications on what the metal can do. You know, Eric, we go out to this, this, uh, this manufacturing plant and we're putting Wi-Fi in here and everywhere you look is tons of metal. And so that you just know this Wi-Fi is just bouncing all over the place and you're, and you're like, good grief, you know, how are we going to get a good signal in here and how are we going to be able to pick those signals out? But you know what? These next generation technologies, they're actually doing it pretty well. And in some cases, the next generation technology or technologies, they're actually taking advantage of things like multipath to produce a stronger signal. And so what we found is we could go in and, and um, we could uh, we could um, be part of their control system and uh, do so very successfully. Uh, using these next gen generation technologies and and uh, Metis is making some of the most reliable airplane parts you can buy. So it's uh, again a a very challenging situation, but one that Intel and uh, Cisco was was able to surmount. Yep, agree. One of my favorite uh, projects projects we've done together is to see that come uh, that that network come to life there at at Metis Aerospace. It was amazing. Talk about next level. That was incredible. It's so cool to hear what is in store for the next couple of years. And just hearing you guys kind of talk about what is coming. I feel like I'm excited. I'm not even that close to the technology. And just hearing about how so many lives can be impacted in a good way. That's really special. So I am so excited to see what is coming up next for Intel and Cisco. Um but sadly, that wraps up our time today. So I just wanted to thank Matt and Eric for joining the Insider Series. 
to talk through Intel connectivity analytics and sharing such valuable details around what the technology can do around data, the features and capabilities with our listeners. Insiders, I'd like you to take a moment to think about that question I asked at the very beginning of this conversation. Recall your answer or look at what you've written down. Um, do you think that this new collaboration, ICA, will help make the hardest part of your jobs just a little bit easier? We'd love to hear what you think, so leave a comment below and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And until we get back into the network, see you next time and stay safe.